Welcome to the Schoolhouse Life Podcast, where we believe that life is a schoolhouse. Totally. We're super dorks with a passion for sharing our love of homeschooling, homesteading, natural health care, plant medicines, natural childbirth, healthy eating, meditation, creative endeavors, overall self-sufficiency for the whole family. Oh, and don't forget self-development and spirituality. Oh, of course. Key players. We hope you'll be inspired to do things you haven't, try things that could make your life better, and mostly, we want to encourage you to never stop learning and let your life be a schoolhouse too. Hello, welcome. This is Lacey and Drew. Hey guys, how's it going? Our first ever podcast. It's yep. a little intimidating. It is, especially <laughs> watching the little voice thing go across as we record. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Um, but we're excited because we have so much stuff that we wanted to talk about. We have like a long, long, long list. Uh, we're really excited to, to bring information to you that we're super passionate about. Our mission is just to help you guys take little bites out of everything and apply it in ways that are meaningful to you and that might change your life and also potentially the world. So yeah, no small deal, right? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but anyway, just to get to know us a little bit better, I think we'll maybe just start with our sort of origin story, where we've come from and how we landed where we're at. Um, I think a lot of people will find that remotely interesting. Anyway. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, we were born. I know. And then. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because I think back even when I was a little kid, I remember having a garden on the side of the house mm. with um, these tomato plants that I discovered um, miracle Grow. <laughs> and my mom bought me this container that you hook up to the hose mm-hmm. of miracle Grow, And every day I would go out there and water them with miracle Grow. Oh, my goodness. And they grew higher than the roof. I mean, they were like 20-foot high tomato plants. It was insane. But um, They were like mutant tomatoes. They were. And I remember getting being so excited, but they grew like two tomatoes. And they were horrible tomatoes. Not tasty. No. And my mom was like, well, you probably overwatered them. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, so I actually grew up in, in a town. It was a nice place to grow up. I had a lot of freedoms to roam around. We didn't have much of a garden or anything, but I, I did have a lot of freedom. And then my grandparents lived on a farm and all my cousins lived on farms, farmlands. And I we would go there and visit and I would never want to leave. It was... It was just where I felt the most peaceful and at home and free and calm and just connected. So even as a kid, I remember feeling just really calm and peaceful in those places. So I guess well, I was yeah. always... And that farmland is that way. I mean, still when we go up there, it's just out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's it nice. is. It's beautiful. So yeah, so I think in a lot of ways, I wanted to replicate that for my children. And um, when I met Drew, I don't know, pretty early on in our relationship... I think I said something like, I want to have goats. <laughs> yeah. And so. Well, even when we first got married, we had plants growing. We had like a 500 square foot apartment and we had plants growing out front of it. It was a, stu- a it. studio apartment, one yeah. room. It was, a, it was a perfect incubator for newlyweds. <laughs> right. <laughs> you could um, uh, sit on the toilet, cook dinner and wash your hands all in the all same, at, same Yeah, spot. all at one time. Yeah. At, people thought we were nuts, but it was the cheapest thing we could find. And, you know, we were just. We were we were young and it worked. It was fine. We yeah. had a good time there, and we had friends that lived in the same apartment complex. So it was really cool, like a little community thing going on. It was fun. But yeah, one of the first things we did in that apartment was to get some pots so that we could grow some some stuff. 
Yeah. So yeah, we had. We I'm had trying to think what we had. We just had herbs and maybe. I don't know if we, we had, had a cactus. A cactus, yeah. That yeah. Later on, somebody stole. Somebody stole. It was a beautiful cactus. Yeah. And then in our next apartment, we lived in Asheville in North Carolina, which a lot of people know is a beautiful place to live. Um, and we had a small apartment there. And again, on our stoop, we grew a bunch of stuff. We grew, there we grew. We kind of expanded a little bit. We grew cherry tomatoes and lots of herbs. And um, we just took full advantage of the, the patio that we had. Um, yeah, it was probably 15 20 steps and every step along there had plants growing of some kind that i mean we did i felt like in that little spot we did pretty good yeah i remember we had petunia so drew actually was the manager at the garden center at walmart at that time and so we had access to seeds and plants and things that you know we were really limited budget but um we would, we I would, would take the ones that were going to be thrown away and, and bring just bring them home. home instead. And I remember sitting on the stoop and deadheading petunias to get more petunias to grow. Just that was an activity that we would do. Yeah. But I got pregnant there. So when we got pregnant, I had a friend, thank heavens, that was real natural. And she already had kids. And, um, and she just kind of taught us about you know, made us think outside the box in terms of what we wanted in for a birth. And so we had a really amazing birth experience, even though we moved to Greensboro when I was like eight months pregnant. We found a birth center in the area and had a beautiful birth experience. Um, we, we left the mountains mainly because we knew we wanted land and we couldn't afford it in the mountains on a Walmart salary. So we we're like, well, if we move to the Piedmont, then there's cheap land. But anyway, we were fortunate. We found a great birth center, had a great birth experience with my first, who's now 15. And then um, got a – well, we lived in a couple of places first. We lived in a little townhome. We did. Oh, my gosh. It had a patio, like a like a fenced-in patio, like 10, 10 by 10. 10 feet by 10 feet, yeah. Maybe 20 by 20. I don't know. It was small. It was small, but we had plants lined up, pots lined up around that entire – space and beans were trellised up and it was it was nuts we took full advantage of that too yeah we grew a lot of sugar snap peas all along (laughs) the back fence we did we got window boxes and just filled them with dirt and planted peas in there and we did tied strings up the fence so yeah we've what i think the takeaway from it is like we've gardened and grown stuff from the smallest situation to, to a pretty large scale now as far as our access to land we still it's not like hundreds of acres or anything but well we were only there for like a year and then uh we were able to buy a small house on about a quarter of an acre in um urban greensboro near the mall um and so that quarter of an acre we we were there for seven years and we knew we wanted land but this was like a flipper right we were like okay we'll fix it up We'll, you know, sell it real quick, but the market crashed like the year after we moved there. So yeah. we stayed there a little longer. <laughs> but, and I remember like at one point we just got so frustrated because we couldn't buy land. Mm, um, couldn't afford land. Couldn't afford land. Everybody, you know, it's hard to find land, even if you had money to mm-hmm. find land. Mm-hmm. And we were like, all right, forget it. We're just going to make our backyard what we want now. Mm-hmm. And- well, we kept looking too for people who would want to like, want to rent us a small piece of land or, you know, we were trying to think outside the box. How can we get where we want to go, you know, in terms of having acreage? And the truth is we turned that space while we were waiting into a really beautiful space. We planted fruit trees in the front yard and the backyard was full almost to the, like to the brim of, of produce. We planted blueberries and had raised beds and um, little playground for the kids. Took full advantage. When we bought the place, we were very aware that we needed a yard that had sun 
So we did get that. And the cool thing was that in that yard, there was this big bush when we moved in, this big giant bush that was taking over most of the yard. And we didn't know what it was. And when we moved in, we started cutting it back and we realized it was an apple tree. Yeah. And that apple tree was probably 30 years old and it gave us so many delicious apples. It was a, really the best apple tree we've ever had. I mean, I like I remember having like five gallon buckets, like what, like 20 mm-hmm. or 30 gallons of mm-hmm. apples that we would turn into applesauce and mm-hmm. everything else. Yeah. That was probably the saddest part of leaving yeah, that. Yeah, was leaving that tree. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's fun to drive past that house now because the fruit trees are still growing and um and it's just we left our mark there even though um even though we've moved on. I think one of the things that we've sort of decided is that we can't fix everything, but we can leave everything we touch a little better than it was when we got there. So that is um sort of what we've taken from from that property especially is, you know, it's different than it was when we got there. Um, and everybody can do that. So I hope you feel inspired that we're, we're telling our whole story, but that I think, you know, it was, it's been 15 years, 20 years almost that we've been working towards what we have now. So don't, don't think, oh, well, I can't do it to the scale they're doing it. It started, we started very small. So, and I will say like, once we changed our mind a little bit about being in that city lot, Mm -hmm. our garden really took off even more. And if we would have stayed there, it would have been even better because like the year we moved out the next year was like the seventh year right or the eighth year and so things were like really coming in and um it it would have turned into a garden of eden so and and also we had so much produce in that garden that we had which was probably i don't know how many it was a quarter acre i know but the garden itself was not a whole quarter i don't know so we had so much produce there that we were selling at a farmer's market we had loads to sell tomatoes lettuce Everything we sold a ton, and, and that was abundance from what we were already using ourselves. So, um, I just yeah, to be clear, it wasn't like oh, we had just enough, we had way more than we needed. So, we did, yeah, we canned more there than mm-hmm. we do. Here. Oh, and honey, we also kept bees in the city, so we had two hives and they were booming. We had great about five gallons of honey every year from them, um, and we also got chickens, so we probably had five to ten chickens at any given time. Chickens know. there were more challenging than out here. Yeah, because far. the raccoons in the city are worse, so um, and you anyway. know, and the other thing was it was the learning curve of yeah. having chickens for How the first them. time. Like now, once you figure that out, to protect them, yeah, having like poultry fencing and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We'll do a whole episode on chicken having, mm-hmm. so you guys can learn more about chicken that. Raising, yeah, 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 because chickens are easy. They're it's like easier than goldfish. So we'll talk yeah. about that later. And they give you eggs. <laughs> okay, so now tell me what's what's our goal now? Where where are we moving forward? So that's our story. That's our that's yeah. our origin. That's where we came from. Okay, then in two thousand we moved out here in two thousand twelve. So we've been here on this. We had we bought ten and a half acres and a foreclosed home that was in terrible shape um, in 2012. So we've been there. We've been here for almost eight years, um, and our goal here was to like make a living at farming. Right. Yeah. And very quickly we learned that that was not gonna be what we wanted to do. No, it wasn't. So. We've always, when we moved out here, we, we really wanted to turn it into sort of an educational experience um, for folks to come out and learn. And, and so we've had some classes, beekeeping classes, and 
and mushroom hunting classes and permaculture classes and things like that. And of course, also art classes and cre- creativity classes and that kind of thing. And we'll continue to do that. But what we think we've we've done here is create something that people can come and see. Oh, I can do that. I can I can do this little thing in the corner of my property or on my patio or whatever. Um, so that honestly is... I think my biggest goal is to help people do little things here and there that make them more self-sufficient and to feel connected um, to the process of growing food and uh, participation in, in their own sort of designing their own life um, on so many different levels. <laughs> that, that kind of is just like the fundamental example of if you grow your own food, you've participated in, in creating your own life on some level. So, yeah. Yeah. Just being in touch with the land and seeing, for me, it's very similar. Like, it's just that connection of seeing, I can do this. You know, it's simple. Everything from, you know, making sauerkraut to Mm -hmm. yogurt to, you know, growing some plants. Mm -hmm. All of that you can do. You can do it on different scales. and um, But you can provide good, healthy, quality stuff, you know, food and just happiness to your family. Yeah. And you can do it. One of the simplest examples of that is, you know, a lot of times people get overwhelmed with the idea of gardening. And most everybody who has a house has a landscape, right? They have like trees in their yard or or bushes or whatever. And one of the things that we can do is transfer our mind from planting a boxwood to planting a blueberry. Or, um, you know, or from planting a, a dogwood or not a dogwood is better, but or a or crepe myrtle. What are those those ones that smell bad? Um, Bradford pears. Bradford pears. I hate Bradford pears. So from planting a Bradford pear to planting an apple tree or uh, maybe a native plant at least, something that's, um, that's going to create an ecosystem um, that, you know, you can be proud of and that will last for generations. So, um, so yeah. Yeah, I love that idea. And I, I think that um, that's so simple. It's just thinking about it instead of just – Going with, you know, the normal landscaping. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just the idea of, like, catching rainwater and storing that instead of letting it flooding to our sewer systems. And, yeah, there's just so many different levels. And I, I think that we can teach people, teach you guys how to, you know, really connect with all that. And that's going to be the point of this podcast. And I would say that more importantly than you guys, no offense, is our children. So when Drew talked about the miracle Grow situation, like our kids are not using miracle Grow, And no offense if you use miracle Grow, but you don't need miracle Grow to make really amazing plants. We don't need miracle Grow. We don't need Roundup. Um, the, the earth is just perfectly balanced place. And if we just learn how to take advantage of all the things that are there, we'll have not only success, but... Um, more tasty and nutritious foods that we can nourish ourselves with. And um, teaching that to our children is the most powerful way to impact um, not just the earth, but their lives because they'll feel more connected to their, their, the plants. They'll feel healthier, um, all of these different little things. So um, we love you guys. But <laughs> our right. first process, our first step was how do we teach this to our children? 
So teach them how to teach it to their children. Yeah, yeah. Even, even a better step. So, yeah, actually, one of the things that has keeps popping up is regenerative. That's like this word that um, is sort of n- the new hot word when it comes to agriculture. And I think it makes so much sense, too, because you hear that like generation word in there, that regenerative. And that's what we want. We want to um, not just sustain for now. We want to regenerate so that in the future it's bigger and better and more abundant. So. So, yeah, so that's the goal of this podcast. And yeah. that's where we want you guys to join in with us. Um, we're going to be sharing a lot more on all of those topics and more. So just uh, our goal is to just kind of start helping you and inspiring you. Yeah. And please bring us your questions and also your ideas, because I know that we learn best as a community and we are eager to learn from what you're, you've learned already um, and hear your ideas and thoughts um, and help help each other just um, collaborate. So, yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, we'll, we'll be back again real soon. Yeah.